Hello, I'm the Latin Babbler, host of the Latin Babbler Show. We are celebrating Latin excellence, and we have a great interview for you today. Our special guest is Kylie Romero, a businesswoman, entrepreneur, and career coach. Let's get this rolling. Welcome to another edition of the Latin Babbler Show. Let's bring in the crew. I have absolutely Miss Rocky here. Hola, hola. Welcome back, guys. And one of our newest co-hosts, she joined us for the prenups episode, host of Paula Knows Something, Paula Garcia. Hey, hey, hey. And our special guest has worked in many areas of the media, has a film degree, will be making her directorial debut and is helping career individuals establish a rock star reputation using their new career piece model. Welcome to the show, Kylie Romero. Hi, it's so great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored and blessed to be a part of your podcast. It's going to be awesome. Kylie, you and I were speaking off and you were saying that you were born and raised in Tucson, Arizona. Mm -hmm. You're Mexican, you're Spanish, you're French, quite a mixture there. Yeah. Um, and you Total had mentioned threat. to me how you come from like a large military family. What was that experience like growing up? Well, it was crazy. I mean, I didn't really wrap my head around what that meant, you know, as a kid. But as I grew up and, and started um, really learning the stories and the heroic stories of my family, it really taught me a lot about discipline. It really taught me a lot about perseverance and taught me about sharing our stories and, and not being so quiet about the contributions that um, my family has made along with many other families of color. And I think it's so important to share those stories. So it's pretty cool to be able to say that um, we have about 40 and counting that have served in every branch of the military, the Air Force Academy, and have fought in every war in the last 100 years. So it's something um, to be proud of, for sure. Hoorah for all those military members mm -hmm. in her family. Yeah. If you're watching, yeah. thank you for your service. That's absolutely amazing. I served mm -hmm. like three years in the United States Navy <laughs> and uh, had myself a lot thank of fun there. But being a part of a military mm -hmm. family, that's got to be crazy. I can, I can yeah. assume a lot of mm -hmm. discipline. <laughs> Mm -hmm. bow, bow. Yeah, a lot of craziness, <laughs> but so chancletazos, a lot of chancletazos, yeah, a lot of yes, yes, a lot of strict, strict behavior. That's a whole other podcast, I think. So yeah, that's a whole different. Okay, one. Maybe that's a you know dinner and drinks or something sometime. You guys, <laughs> just yeah. turn around, yeah, my number, sure. like, wind yeah, it down. My number. Man, we'll go through childhood yeah. trauma. So we'll be mental awareness episode. Um, so, so you became a single parent like at an early age. I think you mentioned it was like nineteen. Um, yes. Mm -hmm. How's life changed? You know, was that like a life changing experience? Because I know for me, it completely flipped my world around. Well, yeah, I mean, it's shocking, you know, when you're I mean, I can't really find another word, but it was, of course, not planned. And it's shocking. And it, it alters, you know, your entire life. And for me, it was the most important um, you know, having a daughter is the most important thing that's ever happened to me. And it was also and has been the most challenging. But I also truly believe that I wouldn't be the person I am today if I didn't have those challenges. It's just having that at such a young age taught me to be able to feel like I can t attain anything, right? If I could be a good mom, and my daughter was healthy and a kind person and a good human being, then, you know, the sky was a the limit. So, um, 
I definitely would not be in the position I am today or as strong as I am um, today if I didn't have that happen to me at such an early age, for sure. Like major learning experience. And everybody here is a parent. Like Ms. Yeah. Rocky, you're, you're a single mom. Uh, Paula, you're in a great relationship, so I yeah. envy you. But you're... you're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got kids. Yeah. But what My hat's off like, to all of you. I'm a yeah. professional divorcee, honey. I'm a professional <laughs> divorcee. Single mom of three. Is she proud of it? Is wow. she like, I'm I a am. professional divorcee. Yeah, I am. Got two under my belt. Watch out now. Hey, Number three I'm is, there, I'm there is going to be the I'm one. one. <laughs> I know it. Number three, I have mine at 20, you. though. So, like, I had my first at 20. So, it was quite the experience. Uh-huh. It was, I was such a baby, having a baby, yeah, so to speak, too. the way yes. I Yes. So, yeah, yeah I, can, I can completely mm-hmm. understand where you were coming babies, from. But you, you, know, you managed to, babies. like, graduate from the University of Arizona uh, with film and television and communication, which focused on human behavior was it always your goal to go into the filming industry? You know, it was my goal to go into the music business, but being, you know, the University of Arizona is a great school. It's a large research school, but it didn't have a music business program. So the, you know, the program that was most similar to that, that interested me was the film um, department. But I had been working in film since I was about six years old, um, I've done something in film for many years, whether it's being in films, doing production, raising money for films, marketing. So I got to really learn the ins and outs of filmmaking, which was really interesting because I had never really seen the whole process behind the camera and really fell in love with it and um, had a lot of great opportunities, worked on The Scorpion King right out of college, um, have worked on some smaller films. But being in Tucson, where in the last 20 years, it hasn't been much of a place that people have gone to make film like it used to be when I was a child. So there are some opportunities that I kind of put on the back Burner to raise my daughter. So now, um, flash forward, I'm this year will be making my directorial debut. So I'm excited about that. Finally, after um, many years of, of saying, when is the right time? When is the right time? And, you know, the time is now. So now's the right time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. You're also one of the few Latinas to own a mortgage company in the United States. I think it's called mm-hmm. Smooth Mortgage Company. Yes. What was that journey like? Because I know that it's such a minor number. I mean, you have attorneys, one, that are like 1.7%. We were talking mm-hmm. with uh, Brenda, um, and she had mentioned that even writers are less than like 6%, and women in tech are like less than 2%. So what was it like for you going up to that journey? Yeah, I mean, it's a real problem, you know, for the lack of a better word, when you don't have representation, it um, becomes a problem. So when I went into it with my partner, who I'm 50% co-founder, 50% owner of Smooth Mortgage, is based out of Chicago, Illinois, he had a finance, accounting, and mortgage background where I had the human resource and marketing and, you know, all the sales background. And so we came together. And what I noticed um, being on the phone or Zoom or calling different companies um, when we were getting, you know, following all the regulations that I was often the only woman and you know you notice that right away and and even felt more of a responsibility to let it be known number one but number two now what am I going to do about it and how am I going to help other women gain ownership and even leadership in the financial sector because when you're talking about like you had mentioned the statistics and finance is even worse right you're not going to see that representation even in upper management so that's something that I am wanting to change and wanting to include so I mean I work with phenomenal men but I need to see more colors and more different faces um you know at the table and so that's what I'm super super passionate about in my work even with career peace yeah, I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. 
Hey, Kylie. Hey. So I wanted to touch a little bit about Latinas in the workplace, you know, women of color. You were also on the Latin American Educational Opportunities podcast, which you spoke about your past experiences in working in a toxic workplace. Mm-hmm. Like yourself, I am a Latina. I am a single mom, which I've had many obstacles in my careers, and I've had worked at toxic and um, toxic in a toxic and abusive workplace. Mm-hmm. Tell me, what is what advice do you give women, Latinas, women of color, if they're in these types of situations? What advice do you have for us? So I think the first thing is, you know, we have to kind of look at, you know, what the situation is. And I never want anybody to stay in an abusive relationship, um, personal or with, you know, their their company. But um, you really have to define what kind of situation that you're in, because when you're in an abusive work relationship, there's a lot of laws possibly being broken. So I'm not an attorney, but what I would say is seek legal advice, number one. Um Number two, prior to that, when you're in the interview process or even when you're working for a company, make sure that you have access to their company policy because that company policy is going to tell you how to go about filing complaints. It's going to talk to you about the company's behavior. So what are your expectations of them and what are their expectations of you? And that way you can have that as a guide to how do you approach these matters. A lot of company policies mirror law, right? So they'll say like we have a zero tolerance policy for harassment. Hold them accountable for that because a lot of times what you'll find is your management leadership, uh, even human resources, they kind of have the company policy. They don't really know it. It's kind of something that's put away. Make sure that you know it. And oftentimes you may know it better than they. So it's very difficult for them to try to, um, you know, when there's clearly a company policy and even maybe a law broken that they can say that you're in the wrong, right? It puts you in a position right away where you're going in. Number one, they know you've done your research, right? And you're basically selling their words back to them. You're saying, hey, this is what your company policy says. I don't see this lived up to. Another thing that I tell people is look at the mission statement of the company, right? And it's normally plastered on their website. It's, you know, plastered in the building or wherever and say, how often do you see your employees, your leadership living up to what you say? These are all important questions. That's more in the interview process. But what I would say, company policy is where it's at. Document everything you can. Do not get rid of emails, important text messages, important meetings. I would say to print off emails or forward emails to your personal email. That way you have whatever's going on. And then once you have enough documentation, even a piece of documentation, you understand the company policy, that's when you would go and you would speak to human resources. And, you know, the protocol might be, depending on what their policy is, is speak to your manager first, then human resources. But just make sure that you have as much information as you possibly can to go in there and say, this is the way I'm being treated. This is what your company policy says. Now, what are some of the solutions that you're going to have for me? And then follow up with an email and then have a deadline to that. Like, you know, we're going to resolve this, you know, two weeks from now. Um, A lot of times companies do have to do their due diligence and do an investigation, but it really depends on how how bad is the situation, right? I mean, how willing are you able to, yeah, the severity, um, to put up with, you know, with what's going on. If you're being sexually harassed, they're talking to you about being a woman, you know, the color of your skin. Those are just very um, black and white issues, to be honest with you, where you really shouldn't be trying to work that out, right? At that point, I would say to seek um, some legal advice. But again, get as much documentation as you can. 
if it's on their company property, it's their company property. So you may right. go to try to retrieve an email, a file, and guess what? You're locked out of it. So do as much you know, as you can of printing and forwarding um, email. Right. It's not a very popular thing to say, but it's, you know, but it's honest. And it's right. um, probably the number one thing that saves a lot of um, people like from you, getting you let go. The evidence. Yeah, you need the evidence. You need the evidence, and a lawyer's going to ask you when you walk into their office, what do you have? You right. know, oh, I don't have anything. I was so upset I deleted. And when those yeah. situations happen, it's really common to lose morale, right? You start slipping on the job. I'm going to yeah. come in a little late. That's when you actually have to step it up. You actually have to, st- it's hard, but you Can't have to step it up a little bit. Right. right. Do not excuse. give them any excuses right. at all. In fact, follow protocol because what companies look for more than anything is behavior. People don't get let go from performance as they get behavior because behavior is what companies are ultimately liable in the end. So um, when stuff starts getting hard in your personal life, also in your business life, you actually have to step it up a little bit and just kind of work through it and it's don't let them get the best of you. You know, you've got to... Um, you know, and don't have a session of kumbaya with everyone who's disgruntled at the workplace, right? Be very careful who you speak to. That's important. You know, yeah, be careful no who you speak to. Like, I mean, it is. Be careful who you tell, right? Certain family members, you know, vent to the people that you can vent to. But I would say try to leave that out of, um, you know, the, the workplace as much as you can. Because yeah. you just don't know who you can trust, um, to be honest. So Because one day they're your friend, the next day they're your Yeah, man, fall. you got to, you know... What you know, whatever they it's it's what they say, you know, what you say can and will be held against you. It will. It will have to be above reproach. Exactly. Everyone's replaceable. So now you had a certain experience where you actually had to go through the the legal process, correct? Yeah, I did. Um, my daughter was very ill, um, and I was working for a large corporation that had been around for almost 100 years, a multi-billion dollar corporation. And I, through my human resource work and through the corporations, I had you know, excellent training um, you know, with those companies and learning what to look out for. And when my daughter got very ill, I was, um, there was a lot of discrimination. I can't you know, talk specifics, but there was a lot of discrimination that um, went on. And I was at a point in my life where I was like, okay, you know, you've got to, do the right thing because this is not just about you. It's about every employee who works for this organization. This is about every woman, every mother, every father who's going to have a chronically ill child. And at the time, I didn't know whether my daughter was going to make it or not. Um, she was on the cardiac unit of Cedar sinai I did not miss a day of work. Um, that's stepping it up, um, which I don't recommend, but you know, I did what I had to do as a single parent. But working on the side of her bed, I let no clients know. I think there was one who knew, and she was really upset. Um, but it, you know, it was a point in my life where I thought, if I don't do something, um, then it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. So not only did I win um, that mediation, but I also, the strategies that I had proposed, um, prior to this mediation even happening, were all implemented. So I feel good that, like I said, many people who work for the company, thousands of employees, many people after me will benefit, um, from my pain and my adversity. And, and, you know, to be honest with you, it was worth it. You know, if, if I had to go through that to help others, um, then that's definitely the big silver lining, um, to what I had to go through. Yeah, and so your experience mm-hmm. um, without what you gained, you're now mentoring corporations, artists, and brands through career peace. Can you tell us more yes. about that? 
Yeah, so career peace, I started actually working, it's been like 10 years now since I was mentoring people. Um, you know, I was kind of became that person. Can you get on the phone with me and my partner, my business partner? Can you help me write an email to my boss and those kinds of things? And so then after um, the mediation and all of that, I ended up reaching out to companies saying, hey, this is, you know, what I did and, and um, you know, let me help you attract and retain top talent. How do we fix the processes from hire to retire? So that's doing like an audit over their company policy. Um, and the smarter that employees get, and that's why it's so important to understand the tools that you need. What are the behaviors that employers look at? How do you prevail in any work environment? Because the smarter the employee gets, the more competitive the employer gets, right? So the smarter the employer gets, then they know how to be really competitive with who they want to hire as well. So I've done on, you know, and on both sides, worked with large corporations and also individuals as well, um, helping them both implement strategies to hang on to each other. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, treat each other well, right? We spend so much time in our career. So when I was thinking of the name, I was like, well, what do we want? You know, we want some peace. We spend so much time away from our families and so much time working that how do we create some peace? It's not always going to be perfect, right? No industry, nothing's perfect, but how do we create more of a peaceful environment um, so that everybody wins? Wow. So speaking of career peace, it's so important to you. You have had such a wealth of experience in your career path. You've gone from uh, degrees in media to corporate America to starting your own company. What do you feel was that pivotal piece that led you to, to your career peace model, which is so important to you? I think definitely, you know, what happened to me when my daughter was ill, you know, not knowing and, you know, um, you know, we talked about, you know, a few of us being parents here, if your child is gonna, I mean, I don't think there's anything worse in life than losing a child or having a sick child. And so dealing with that and being very quiet about it, when it came to, you know, my employers and being very afraid of, of maybe not being hired or not being promoted, um, that part when you have a child so sick and people just don't care, you know, how is this going to affect everybody else? So that was the moment I thought, you know, again, how can I take what's happened to me? How can I take this horrible experience and make it into something good? Because I do believe we have two choices, right? We either go down or we go up when something bad happens to us. And I chose, you know, to go up and it's, you know, helped a lot of people. And that gives me a lot of peace about what happened. You know what I mean? It, 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 it was part of the healing process for me to heal others really actually in turn healed me. But that was probably the most um, crucial part of my life and also my career um, to go through that. That's some crazy adversity. I mean, I, I can't imagine yeah. to, to be swinging from one vine to the other. Yeah. <laughs> the way you've had on your, on your career path and to be able to accomplish uh, everything you've accomplished up to this day. Now, you most recently added director to your list of accolades that you're able to now put <laughs> on your resume. Yeah. What inspired you to make a movie and what has been the most fulfilling aspect of that role? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it's all full circle. You know, I, I just saw a movie called Kidco on it runs on HBO here and there. And I was in it and I was flipping through the channels. I'm like, there's me, my sister, my cousin. I think I was like six years old. And so it's just like a full circle thing for me. And, and what, what the movie really touches on is how women are treated and how women are treated at every age and just the different things we go through. It, it is a little bit about my life and being a young mom. Some of the really silly things I was said and, and uh, you know, the commentary that was made, um, you know, and even now, I mean, I can have a list of accomplishments, but if I'm in a picture with my daughter, it's like, 
oh my gosh, how old are you? When did you, it, 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 it's more about, you know, it's a compliment and it's a criticism at the same time. So it just kind of falls in line of how women are looked at, how women are perceived. It has social media in there. It's an all Latino cast, um, working on the crew as well, but it's really important for me to represent, um, you know, the faces of people that are so, uh, that they're just not represented. You know, you you can be in the heart of Hollywood and you can see the people around and you're like, I don't see you in movies. I don't see you, in, you know, so that's what I'm also trying to change. So adding something more to my plate, but it has been a long time coming for me. It's just now I can focus on it now that my daughter's older and she's well, thank God. And now I have the time to really focus on some of the big goals that I've had for a long time. So when, when do you expect the uh, film to be coming out? So we're in pre-production, and so hopefully by the end of the year, um, summertime to the end of the year. There's some stuff that got slowed down with, you know, COVID and, and you know, all of that, which we expect. So I'm not trying to get too, um, you know, worried or nervous about it. But in 2022, for sure. All right. So I think you already said I was casted for the lead role. You are. Um, yeah. I think Paula was playing background somewhere. And Miss yeah. Rocky was uh -huh. that person coming out of the restaurant scene. Yeah. You know. Background is still somewhere. Hey. It is. Hey. A I lot of people the start there. In the yeah, look, just pay attention. You, you've seen what's happened within the Heights and Encanto. Representation's kind of like a big thing. Don't end up on Twitter. Yes. Don't end up on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, no. We're not going to. I'm not even on Twitter, so and I probably should get on Twitter. But, yeah. probably, well, I'll, I'll let you know. If, if after okay. your movie, you end up on <laughs> Twitter, said, okay, you, great, you and Lin-Manuel will have a conversation that you guys can discuss <laughs> yeah. on that. So, yeah. all right, Kylie, I hope you're ready. So, you know, what we do here is every single time that we have a guest, we try to do a game with them. And so mm -hmm. what we want to do is we want to play a new one. And this is fast questions. We try to get as many questions in in a matter of 60 seconds. I'm going to go ahead and get the timer ready. So okay. she's going to go ahead and try to answer as many of these questions as she possibly can. So are you ready? Yeah, let's go. All right, 60 seconds are on the clock. Do you like dogs or do you like cats? Dogs. Ah, do you prefer cold coffee or hot coffee? Hot. All right, we're not friends anymore. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite food? Pizza. What is your favorite city besides the one that you live in? Chicago. Oh, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. Mm -hmm, Look, yes. good. Paula's going nuts down there. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite genre of music or of movie? Sorry. Favorite genre of movie? I would say, you know, scary movies, um, like suspenseful Hitchcock. Oh, yeah. All right. That's yeah, a anything good one. Anything in it. Yeah. 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 Okay. We'll keep, we'll keep We'll keep her. Yeah. We're yeah. friends. Right. If you had a data celebrity for one night, who would it be? Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Ooh. Kravitz. All right. That's a good choice. Not Jason what is the Momoa? last song you downloaded? Um, I downloaded this song by Nessa Barrett. She's a, a Latina artist that I just love. And it's called, um, I Hope You're Miserable Until You're Dead. So it's not like the nicest title, but it's a good workout song if you're going it's through perfect. a breakup. You know what I mean? It's, so it's like yeah, it's working for me set. right now. Yeah, uh, you got, I you got one her. second left. You got yeah. one second left. What is your favorite podcast? This one. Oh, this there one. you go. Yes, she got the right the answer. <laughs> she got the right answer. Thank you, Kylie, for being such a good sport on that. It was the Thank first you. time we've actually done on that. So that's actually pretty cool. Oh, if cool. people wanted to find you or follow you um, or get more information about Career Peace, where would they go? Yeah, too. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Instagram under just Kylie Romero or Career Peace. But you're probably going to get to me faster just going to my personal you know, pages. So Kylie Romero. 
Very cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And as for us, big celebration this week as we celebrated our 10,000th download. And if you haven't listened Yay. yet, we're available on all podcast networks, all podcast networks. And now we have a YouTube. And if you're listening to this video, you need to just go and subscribe on the button right down below on that YouTube. And we're also on On Radio 89 on Saturdays. And if you want to reach us on social media, that's at Latin Babbler Show. Go to our website, latinbabbler.com. For the crew and everyone here and Kyler Romero, we are out. Desde Nicaragua hasta Costa Rica, con esta canción todo mundo se identifica. Llamen a los chilenos y a los cubanos, llamen a Puerto Rico y a los mexicanos, que ya se la rumba. Desde Panamá hasta Ecuador, vámonos a Perú y luego hasta Salvador. Que se escuche en Brasil y Argentina. Yo quiero un grito de mi gente latina y levantaré mi bandera, estando en mi país o estando allá afuera, porque para mí mira noches en fronteras. Yo levantaré mi bandera.